This is episode two of the Goliath Social Getting You Customers Marketing Podcast. And to my left, we have our guest, but not really a guest, because you work here. Yeah. It's Lewis Hayslock. Lewis, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Well, yeah, like you said before, uh, my name is Lewis Hayslock. Um, I look after the advertising campaigns, so campaign manager, um, on Facebook and Instagram for all of our clients. Uh, I deal with the client's needs, so if anything ever goes wrong with the ads, say they want something changing up or something's not working for them. Lewis deals with all the campaigns and manages them start to finish for the clients we've got here at Glove Social um, on Instagram and Facebook. And he's a very talented being. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to sort of talk about where you started in social media marketing yep. and then obviously how you ended up at Glove Social. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I've got a background in advertising, creative advertising. Um, I did that at uni. I've got a degree in that. Um, and I've been messing around with Facebook ads for about four years. Um, I did quite, quite a bit over uni, um, off my own back. Um, and since then, I've just been reading books, watching videos, delving deep in and learning as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and now I'm implementing that with Live Social and... And you started out in the automotive space, which really goes sort of a, yeah. a head start, um, which I'll move on to in a second. But it goes a head start with the clients we currently work with and an insight into how to deal with them. Because previously, we worked with a lot of fast fashion brands and makeup brands at Goliath Social because we were working with influencers, and that's just the nature of that industry. Um, and then we sort of moved into the automotive industry, strayed away from the influencer side of things and started going down the social spend route. Um, and that's where we needed Lewis's expertise and skills in campaign management. We were, we were running them to an extent. Um, they were successful campaigns, and then Lewis got on board and, and really picked them up. So that's the skill set. Yeah. So when you moved up to Manchester, yeah, it was lockdown. It was. A lot of people were on furlough, doing various different things to make money, and. I thought of a brand called Must Be Lights. Uh, they were garage garage LED lights that were being sold to well, UK garages. We found a very good supplier who was in China who was selling some good quality eye-catching lights. Yeah. Uh, and they were fairly expensive. Now, we did start marketing them and then complete the, the model completely changed. Lewis came on board and we decided instead of working with a product to sell to garages, we would work with garages to provide them sort of a daily income. Um, well, provide them leads and provide them customers, basically. Yeah, yeah. In a, yeah. In We're providing them vehicles to come down and, and get sorted out. So do you want to go into sort of how the brand turned from must-be lights into... Must, well, yeah, it's must-be auto, isn't it? That's what we changed it to. Uh, yeah, so like you said, we found a better um, product to sell. Um, so we took... We took the must-be name because it just works with pretty much everything. Mm. Uh, And we we recognised that in the mapping industry, there wasn't a lot of um, well-marketed companies and a lot of them were just uh, mobile mappers, etc. Yeah, so you should say it it, it moved from selling lights to vehicle remaps, which is tuning an an EC or an engine engine computer to make the the vehicle faster or make a louder noise. Yeah, Yeah, so... Pretty much took the must be auto and um, marketed it as a prestige high end vehicle tuning garage. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like I said before, a lot of the 
when we were researching, that's what we found. A lot of them were just kind of, they had no marketing expertise, they had no um, real background in marketing, but they were good at the job. Yeah. Um, which is why it was quite so successful. Um, so yeah, we got, we made the website, we made the logo, and we did all marketing, all the branding, and that took about what? Well, we got it up and running in about six days. Six, yeah, six days start to finish. Company from off the ground. Yeah. Um, registered. And then I'd say probably two days after that, we started running adverts for them. Um, obviously, because we had no social proof, we had no. We literally started from the ground, ground up. Um, we obviously had to run quite a few um, adverts to get it going and. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of test adverts. Yeah, a lot of it was testing at the start, um, yeah. but it quickly picked up. Um, very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Up. Picked up. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah. Well, and and in what the first month, it was at what revenue it was about twelve. Well, it was said said twelve point five, but yeah, it's been twelve twelve point five was quoted, but we think more accurately ten thousand pound revenue was yeah. generated in the first month of, of trading for that company. Yeah. So essentially, that company was. Sending leads over to a vehicle tuner who was our previous guest on the podcast, Sam. Um, he owns Eurospec, which is an international tuning um, facility. Very, very good product to market, but we just market it in a different way um, and different prices. Um, but yeah, 12.5k start to finish. Six, six weeks, I think that ran for. Yeah. And then we jumped over to actually dealing with clients in that space yeah. um, and left that garage alone because we did start to pound in so many cars that people were confusing the two brands and it was causing yeah. a bit of a... So, so in short, we basically took that, his brand, Eurospec, um, duplicated it and then changed the, the look of it uh, yeah. and then marketed it ourselves. Um, yeah. And like I said, it's like putting our marketing brains and selling the, the best product on the market, basically. Yeah, which is which is a good case study to run with. I think if, if you're starting out um, in a certain field, so obviously we were trying to obtain people in the remapping field, the best thing to do would be one, work for free and work on your own budget, which is a lot of people in the entrepreneurial spirit, you always want to work for free. Um, we spent our own money, made our own money back, yeah. um, and then obviously cut them in for doing the actual work themselves. Yeah, yeah it was um, all our own risk. We didn't, you know, it was all um, our own money and our own yeah. time and effort, etc. So I'd say that, Case studies generated predominant portion of income. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. Our, our selling point, isn't it? We know their industry, and that's how we've um, uh, in our sales pitch, isn't it? To say, oh, this is what we spawned. You can go and have a look at it. Yeah. Is the website still live? Website yeah, still so live. Yeah, you can go and have a look at the website. Um, that's www.mustbeauto.co.uk. Um, very proud of that, and that also has. 22,000 organic visitors yeah, to the website yeah. every single month and yeah. that was and that's not been touched so we did the SEO on it yeah we did a bit of SEO yeah, yeah we didn't we didn't point that yeah we did the back end SEO did we we did put a blog on there didn't we on that yeah one? I think we put yeah. well I put a blog on it yeah. every night for five, like five nights mm -hmm. you put four five blogs on it yeah so about ten blogs SEO the front page start to finish six weeks twelve and a half or 10k revenue it's a business. We've, got it out to, nowhere. we've actually got it onto the second page of Google, didn't we? Yes, we were ahead of... So we started on, I think we started on the ninth page, and after doing the SEO and all that, we got it onto, I'm pretty sure, the second page of Google, the whole of Manchester, for, for remapping. Um, and we actually got higher than Eurospec. 
Yes. Which is... There is a reason why we had to stop, Yeah, actually. So yeah, we, we went on from uh, Muspy Auto, obviously obtained a lot of clients in the automotive space and we still work with them today. Um, and then we started branching out with our experience in sort of the beauty industry um, and then selling apparel. Uh, and then we obtained a client in London who has the largest um, beauty school and people come from all over the world to go to that beauty school and get trained in how to do uh, very various different makeup artists. Yeah, it's ma- makeup. Um, you can do spa courses, massage courses, loads of things he, uh, he offers. I think he's even got a range of makeup products as well. Yeah, basically the client... He's big. He's a big he's client. A big dog, he's a yeah. big, big baller client. Yeah. Um, and they previously had a client, they previously had an agency that had spent eight thousand pounds over a two year period, and they returned a nine thousand pound return on investment. Now, yeah. it was actually five years. It was from two thousand and fifteen to two thousand and twenty. They spent eight thousand pounds on ads, and return on was nine thousand in website conversions. So take away the, you know, if that's, even if they're on two hundred pound mm. a year. They still have lost. They've taken a big hit, basically. From yeah, um, people always forget that once you convert, especially if it's a brick and mortar company, once you convert for them, they then have the costs of the the rent, they have the yeah. cost of the staff. So by the time that that ad campaign was finished over the five year period, it was minus. It was very heavily minus. minus. Now yeah. took on the account in September, start of September, start of September. Yeah. Explain what happened with that account. So what profit. Um, yeah, so I took took over the ad account in September. We had a good look through it to properly assess it, where they were going wrong, what they were doing, um, and then we came up with a nice strategy. Um, tested a few different variations of ads, um, ad creative copy, ad sets. Um, luckily, they had a lot of website traffic already going yeah. to their Pixel. Um, people don't know about Pixel; it's just basically. You can track everyone who goes to your website and then retarget them specifically. Yeah, you can find out exactly where they've been. If they've gone yeah. to a cart and not finished the cart, you can then retarget them with some context as to why they didn't and try and get them to yeah. go back on the site and do that. Pretty much the best way to target people. Um, and if you want some more information on that, we have actually got a blog on that on our website. We do. So www.glassocial.co.uk. Slash blog. blog, yeah, don't yeah. forget that. Um, so that's on there, yeah. Uh, yeah, so after having like a nice assessment, like a big assessment on it, we came up with a nice strategy um, and then basically implemented it. And what, was, after, what was that strategy? So that people understand the so, well, Yeah, so what you've got is the, the top of the funnel. Um, this is getting the masses of people in, the masses of people in that might be interested. Um, and this was directed straight to the website. Um, and then with the pixel, we can then retarget people who've uh, viewed the beauty page and the makeup page. Yeah. Um, these people then retargeted with, I think it was about, I think I've got about 10 different ads at the moment running. So that then brings the frequency down. Um, so if you go onto that page, you're going to be hit with one of those 10 ads. The frequency is um, the amount of times you've been hit with an ad. Yeah. So obviously you don't want to get hit with the same ad too yeah. many times. We all watch TV and you get yeah. hit by the same. Yeah, so the reason we have um, 10 different ads is if you just have one, you're going to hit that one person with that one ad 10 times. Yeah. And that'll bring, it'll just basically have a negative effect. Yeah. So if you have 10 different ads, they're going to get hit with maybe four of them. 
Um, but it's going to be a new ad, and it's you know they're not, they're not going to get annoyed at the ad because well I most definitely get annoyed at ads when I see them more than you know two or yeah, three no, times. No, no, I don't see it more than yeah. three times. Yeah, so yeah, they're then hit with that, um, and the campaign objective of that is to get them to add one of the courses to the basket and then check out. Um, and that's we've got two running at the moment, and one is for the makeup course and one is for the beauty course. And the big thing here. Is the, the big, big thing here is the yeah. results. So yeah. we, we want to hype these results up because they are, yeah, they are ridiculous. Good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so like stated before, the previous marketing company spent £8,000 on ads, just mm-hmm. to put it in uh, perspective. They spent £8,000 on ads and they got a return of investment. Well, not a return of investment, but the purchase conversion value is about 9000 So... On paper, it looks like they've made a thousand pound profit, but like you said before, after costs, all the costs and stuff, it, was, it. took a massive hit. Um, so, it's as it stands now, we've spent five hundred, six hundred pound, let's say, um, after today, and the purchase conversion value is sitting at about eleven thousand pounds. So, after that's not even that's yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, so off six hundred pound of ad spend, um, and some of that spend's gone on testing. Some of that spend's uh, gone on bringing traffic in. Um, yeah, so we've it's about eleven thousand pounds now. Um, so it's a that's a twenty x return on investment. Yeah, on one of the ad sets, it was the 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 ROAS, the return on ad spend was at two two twenty. So it's just yeah, it's crazy. It is ridiculous, um, uh, but that is also. Brings you on to the point of if you have already built a brand and you're thinking about going into social media marketing, then absolutely do so. If you've, yeah. no, if you've got a brand that's established, you've got a few social followers, or you're known, you're known nationally. He's yeah. known. He's known internationally. Yeah, he's known internationally. And yeah. he's got a huge customer list. He's got a lot of data on his website. That's an absolute goldmine. Yeah, if you're not, if you've got all that, if you know, you tick all those boxes, and you're you're not using social media for advertising, then contact us right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. make you some money because he 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 initially, um, what's his name, said you can spend a little bit of money. We'll give you a little test budget, and then at the end of the month, we send a report out. At the end of each month, send them the report. Phone call straight away because we didn't really speak throughout the month. Saying, yeah. "Oh, hold on a minute, how's that? What's happened here? I can't believe that's happened." Yeah, he, yeah, he was surprised. He was like, "Wow, okay," because obviously he hasn't got the results. He's been doing it for five years. Um, yeah, so it's always like for him. He thought he was throwing money down an alley. Yeah. He thought, oh, "I don't know yeah. what's going to come from that." But yeah, he was a bit skeptical. He was like, "Okay, you you have this this budget, and then but then as soon as we made him money, you know, we, we proved our worth." Um, I asked for well, we both asked for permission to up the spend on another campaign that they wanted to push out, which was an offer. Um, which is a no-brainer when that much money is coming back. If you get a 20, yeah. 20 times return on investment, up in the spend zone, up in the profit. So. Yeah, and he literally said, "Yeah, spend whatever you need." So it just so we've got full control over that budget. Yeah, um, um, obviously we're sensible with it, and we haven't just. Yeah, bang. it's you know, we, we, yeah, it's still it's still in testing stages now. Yeah, we haven't gone shopping or anything. No, everyone's shopping, and like it, it takes Facebook a while to get um, the algorithm uh, going and on the right track. It's always learning, and it has to go through a learning stage as well. So um, it's still in that at the moment, but yeah, yeah. it's a good uh, good and, result. And the result from that is testament to building 
a brand in-house or a brand in general and then being able to market the brand. So we've not produced a lot of content here at Live Social previously. We've done a few little bits of what our clients have done, the results they've had, and you know, just the general posts that people do on social. But being social natives, we've now decided to fully invest yeah. in producing content in-house and getting it spread everywhere. So we've got this podcast, we've got Instagram posts, we've got LinkedIn, we've got YouTube videos described, just explaining how, how we market for people and different tips and tricks. But each single platform has a different sort of strategy to get to people. So Yeah, so yeah, we've got like a whole strategy and then we've got a strategy for each individual social media platform. Yeah, which I'm going to get Alex, Alex on the podcast who also works here, he does all the content in-house, um, to describe exactly how we came up with that strategy because it did take a long time. Yeah, it did, yeah. It's a lot more complex than you think, having five platforms, five strategies. and, and then Yeah, because well, most people just think it's like, oh, you just post on, post and that's it. Yeah. But people take information in, on diff- depending on what platform they're on, they take it in differently. Yeah, definitely. So if you're on TikTok, you're going to take it in differently than you are on, on Facebook, etc. So... Yeah, yeah, I don't want to watch a 20-minute uh, IGTV on Instagram yeah. about marketing, but yeah. if I'm trying to find out some information, I've got on YouTube for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's LinkedIn for credibility as individuals and as a business, and then there's podcasts yeah. like this that tell people exactly what we do, who we are, and give you a real insight into what we, we can are. achieve. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. there's all different strategies for that. One thing that we should 100% mention here is... How important it is for a brand to understand what social can provide them so that they can deal with the back-end leads that we provide? Because we work with a lot of different clients and a lot of different industries and we have to understand, we have to put our business hats on and understand exactly how they need to receive the, the lead, or mm-hmm. what goes on back-end. So our sales process, which is not what people would say, is someone will submit a lead through Facebook, it will tell them so there's a good customer journey here. It will tell them exactly what we're going to do from the off. So we're going to call them, we're going to text them, we're going to email them to remind them that they actually sent through the lead because a lot of people forget. Yeah, they do. We've had customers before where they just forget. It's like, no, I didn't didn't submit that. So. Yeah, call them up. Well, I don't remember that. Well, you can't forget now because I've emailed you, texted you, and I'll give you a quick brief call. Um, and then we get them on the phone. We understand their experience as a business, what they need to achieve, what budget they've got to, to outlay for marketing. Um, and then we put together a full proposal. Now, it's all well and good understanding your own business marketing strategy and how to deal with the back-end sales. But you have to understand every single customer, which mm-hmm. is why you really have to be switched on to every single business scenario. What sort of clients have you worked with, no names, and, um, and what sort of processes have you discussed with them and implemented to get the best return and investment on the ad spend that, that we're, we're doing for them. Yeah, so like one of the clients we work with at the moment, um, their sales process is, you know, they've got a lead form uh, and on the lead form um, states, we'll be in contact with you in one to two business days. So this is the first like touch point that customers now informed that they're going to be contacted. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't have that, and it's just, thank you for your submission, You've claimed you twenty percent off. Yeah. The customers then like, okay, cool. If Jim they get out, if they get a call, you know, ten minutes later, not a lot of people like to pick up the phone to random numbers, etc. But if they're expecting a call, they're like, oh, this could be so and so. I'm gonna answer it. 
So that's the first um, touch point. The second touch point is once they've completed the lead form, they then get an automatic email saying, thank you for um, submitting the lead form. These are the extra details. Oh, by the way, you can have a book here or we are going to call you yeah. again. So they've seen that you know three times. Um, on the actual ad itself, the creative, it says you're going to get an email, etc. So this all implements into the sales process. So when they then eventually pick up the phone and ring them, they've got a higher chance of you know of uh, converting. Um, and people really, really do neglect customer journey because there's only yeah. so much we can do as a marketing yeah. agency to push people it, in front, in front, in front of you, and get the lead. Yeah. So we can get the lead, then we can follow the lead up. Automatic or automation, we can't do it yeah, ourselves. Yeah. Automate that, get the customer journey going, and we are living proof that we can set up a brand in six weeks, turn twelve and a half or ten thousand pound revenue, whatever the exact figure was, and that's because one, we did the marketing correctly. Two, we figured out a back-end sales process. We had automated emails going out. We then followed them up almost instantly with a call because that industry is a really difficult one to break through in building brand and rapport with the the customers. A lot of people are doing vehicle remapping. Yeah. So straight away get the call, straight away they get an email, and then you've built that connection. Yeah. So I, I will say as well, not a lot of marketing agencies so that's technically not our job, my job, whatever. But we go we go above and beyond to make sure that yeah. they can convert those leads even better. That's so, why a lot of people like working with us, because instead yeah. of it just being like, okay, so what's happened with the ad? Yeah. So yeah, because so we could I could literally just set the ad up Get them the lead. That's it. You've got to deal with that now. Yeah, deal with it. But we add extra steps in so that those leads are more qualified, and there is a higher conversion rate for them. Um, and it, it works for us. Do you know what I mean, if 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 they convert more, they're they're happier. Um, so uh, one thing that's really important is retaining retaining a customer. So for us. We do want to go above and beyond to understand the, the back-end sales process they go through. Obviously, every marketer has to understand how to deliver that result, but it's not our responsibility to then go back in and understand why that result's not being, yeah. you know, yeah. For, for us to get a result, it's just getting the leads in. Yeah, if, so. if you say, oh, I want a Facebook message, I'll get you 10,000 Facebook messages. Yeah, yeah. But that may not be the best way to convert and we do a lot of our own in-house marketing and a lot of our in-house sales um, and people in marketing are just sales people with a bit of techie savvy about them so yeah. um, we do help people in, in that in that respect as well yeah definitely so about the growth of Grillaya Social and the transition from influencer marketing over to uh, digital spend the reason why we did so was because influencer marketing Top of the top of the funnel marketing activity. It drives a lot of sales, obviously, because of the, the trust behind influencers. But it also drives traffic to be retargeted by social um, targeted spend. So we slowly got used to doing that. Got used to that. Got really, really good at doing that. And then opted and, and thought it was a better idea to just go with um, the social spend. Um, now we've got clients in various different set, well, verticals, and yeah. So we've got people in. Car finance, we've got people in remapping, we've got people in beauty schools, we've got loads of different clients. Um, what is your favourite client to work on and why? I'd say at the moment, obviously I like cars, so I'd say um, 
Eurospec are one of the top ones because I like dealing with the content, editing the content and stuff as well. Um, it was nice to work with the big client that we were on about before, mm. just because that was, I hadn't actually worked in that niche, so it was good to, you know, learn and test, um, Shift test from new things, yeah. which is what yeah, you exactly. um, So yeah, one of those, one of those two is probably definitely the, um, most definitely the favourite at the moment. Um, we have got some big names we coming do. up. We do we have some big names coming up. Can't say through. who, unfortunately. So there's a um, lot of people we've been speaking to well, back when we were doing influence marketing as well, and new leads that we got through on one of our one of our most recent ads, yeah. um, very big clients, are very grateful for the amount of effort we've gone to 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 sort their ad account out, basically. But yeah. we're just on the cusp of starting with those guys, um, but that'll be sometime this month. So we'll be able to say soon. Yeah, but, but just like, not. Yeah, working with like Boohoo and Forio and those guys. That's uh, yeah. Was, uh, that was that uh, was yeah that's big because they're names you can say to people like w when I go into a meeting or a phone call with someone I always say look we have dealt with a large account yeah like it Boohoo, doesn't even like it doesn't matter you know what niche they're in as well if you can kind of pull out a name like Boohoo, Forio, Muscle Food you know that's going to get anyone's attention yeah um, and we're just a collective a collective of people at the end of the day and if we can manage that sort of caliber yeah, of client then. Exactly. Then it's, automatically it's really you've got more of a you know a trust uh, trusting with the client if you pull out a name like that yeah so yeah yeah it does it does provide a lot of uh, credibility for us yeah it does yeah it's good for our sales person mm -hmm. do you have anything else you'd like to to say on the Goliath Social Podcast po podcast episode two episode two apparently yeah, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> pull out, pull out the facts. Pull out the facts. Apparently, no one, well, not many people, make it past the fourth podcast episode. And we're halfway there. And we're halfway there. So, and we've got two more guests planned. You got, yeah, we've got two more guests planned. So once we've got to that four mark, it's you know, one of the people is called Mark as well. Yeah, Mark Balal, if you're listening, hi. I want you on the podcast. Well, you know, you're coming on the podcast at some point, but I definitely want you on soon. Mm -hmm. Who who who's the dream podcast uh, guest? Lana Rhodes. Lana Rhodes. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Mark Baylor. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't really know. It depends if it's got to stick with business. Like, yeah. you know, it would. Uh, it's got to, fortunately. Yeah, it would. Uh, yeah. No, to be fair, Gary Vee would obviously be quite good to have on. Just to. Ooh. Just, Ooh. Just I keep up with Gary Vee. Yeah, no, no, no. Literally, just because it would just, I'd just be sat there like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He'd just be talking. It'd like, also grill us. I feel. Yeah. Um, no, other than that, that's. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. No. I'm just gonna go back to my desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually people would come in and then they have to go hop back to work, or it's the evening they would have to go home. Um, but they're just gonna hop back over to the desk. Mm -hmm. So. Thanks for hopping over the desk yeah. and coming on episode two of the Goliath Social Marketing Podcast. No if you'd worries. like to check out our website, it's www.goliathsocial.co.uk. You can check out our social medias. All of them are just Goliath Social yeah. in some respect. Maybe we have just made hyphening. a TikTok today. Ooh. Big so, move, that TikTok. Yeah, so expect some absolute heat on there. Some yeah. fire content. Different platform. Different content, we're just basically going to take the mech, aren't we? Yeah. It's not yeah. really serious. Yeah. It's not a serious, dude. Marathon, not a sprint. Marathon, not a sprint. 
Um, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. That's the end of that. Lovely stuff. Thanks for listening. See you later.